we're going to call your attention this morning to two uh, readings of scripture and we have a few more that we'll we'll talk about uh, as we get through the message here but first one is first chronicles 9 33 and then matthew 17 26 and uh, just going to read these two scriptures here get us going it says and these are the singers chief of the fathers of the Levites. Most translations, instead of chief, leaders. These are the singers, the leaders of the Levites, who remaining in the chambers, listen to this, were free. Where they were employed in that work day and night. They were exempt from everything else. Their whole, their whole life was focused right there. And in Matthew chapter 17 and verse number 26, Peter saith unto him, now they're talking, I probably should have read a couple more scriptures before this, but we'll get into it, but this is where the temple tax collectors were coming and they were making accusations that Jesus wasn't paying the temple tax in order to support the ministry. And if you were 20 and above, you were required to pay so much annually to support the work of God. And they came and they said, does your master pay the temple tax? Peter says, well, of course. He didn't discuss or anything. They go into the house and Jesus says, I'm paraphrasing here, Jesus says, hey Peter, I overheard the conversation. He says, let me ask you. He says, the, the Roman tax collectors, he says, he's referring to the Roman tax collectors, he says, do they collect taxes from their own citizens or from strangers? And Peter says, well, they, they, they don't collect from their own. He says they collect from the strangers. And Jesus said unto him, then are the children free. In other words, he was saying, hey, that's correct. He says, because if you are a citizen of the Roman Empire, in other words, he was getting to the point where your children, their children, are free from the burden that others have to pay. And so I would like to speak to you this morning, and this kind of dovetails right into our Sunday school lesson that we heard, and thank you, Sister Smith, for teaching that this morning. I'd like to speak to you on your spiritual exemption. Amen. And I'm going to ask Brother Jonathan if he would pray this morning. And if you would, uh, just lift your hearts to the Lord. Amen. Because truly, we need, we need undivided attention and focus on Hallelujah. what God wants the church to be focused on. Brother Jonathan, would you pray for us? Father, today we come into your house to give you our praise and our worship. We come to hear your word. I'm asking now, Lord, that your spirit will be here in a mighty way to touch every mind, heart, and life. 
to speak by your messenger to us and we'll receive what we need this day and the days to come. Master, have the mercies upon your people throughout this nation. Let your strength be upon us, Lord, and we stand always for you. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank Hallelujah. you. Amen. You may, may be seated. So these, these singers, these they were actually the, they were the sons of Korah, which you need to you need to study that group of people and just completely mind it's mind-boggling where they came from. But these the, in First Chronicles says these are the singers who lived. They lived in rooms connected to the temple, and it tells us they were free from all other duties. They were exempt. Because God was trying to get to, to give us a picture of what he deems is important to his people and to us today. He said, hey, he says, I want you to be completely, completely free of everything else. When you worship me, you need to be absolutely unburdened when it comes to worship. Hallelujah. And we, really, we are, we are, in a sense, all right, we are exempt from the cares of this world if you and I proclaim that we are a son of the king. Hallelujah. You know why? Because his kingdom is not of this world. Praise God. Come on. His kingdom is not of this world. Amen. And so we are exempt from the cares of the world so that we can be focused on the kingdom of God. And I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to bring a, a couple of areas of scripture to you this morning. When it comes to worship, when it comes to prayer, when it comes to studying the word of God, when it comes to fasting, and when it comes to hearing the word of God, it is intended for us to be absolutely 110% focused on what we are doing because these things are the most powerful weapons yes. within the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. They are our spiritual weapons, folks. And... Uh, You've got to, we have got to regain the focus of what our priorities are when it comes to the kingdom of God. Do you believe that? Amen. 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 The church, we are subject free citizens of this world. We are in this world, but the Bible tells us we are not of the world. Right? Amen. We're not of the world. The devil doesn't like the church. In case you're wondering. He does not like the church. He doesn't like the idea that the gates of hell cannot prevail against us. Amen. And so, because of that, he wants us to be so engaged in what's going on in his world. Mm -hmm. Because the Bible calls this yeah. 
What? The Bible says what about Satan? It says that he is the God of this world. Am I right? Is that what the Bible says? I don't want to be a part of his world. Hallelujah. And so the devil doesn't like the church. And what he wants us to do, like Sister Beth was teaching this morning, he wants us to be so engaged in what's going on in his world that we begin to believe we are a part of his world. Which we're not. You do understand that. You are. If you think that you are a part of this world, you're in the wrong church. Excuse me. There is a, only one church. You understand? You are not a part of this world. Yeah. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. Back John 17, 14 through 16. Jesus says the world hated them because they are not of the world just as I am not of the world. You ever read John first chapter? He came unto his own. The world was made by him and everything that was made was made by him and the world did not know who he was. And he goes on to say, he says that because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world, I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. Amen. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Hallelujah. We get to thinking that we are a part of this thing. We are only a part of it temporarily because we have been called to do the work for the kingdom of our king. Hallelujah. That is the only reason why I am here, folks. And until we get to that, until we get a hold of that, you are not here if God has called you, and apparently he has because you're here today, yes, yes, you yes. are not here for any other lower or higher purpose than to bring him glory and to bring his kingdom of heaven down to earth. So Matthew's record of Peter and Jesus and the temple tax is a powerful example. Jewish men over the age of 20 were required to pay that temple tax for the ministry of the temple. And the question arose. And Jesus told Peter, he says, then the sons of the king are free. Whose king do you reside under? Yeah. And so we we know we know that the scripture means so much more. John eight thirty six. Jesus speaking to the Jews. He says, "You shall know the truth. The truth shall make you free." Thank you. Whoever commits sin is a slave to sin. A slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you are free indeed. Hallelujah. Jesus said, nevertheless, Peter, he says, let's not offend him. He says, now get this. Go to the sea, cast in the hook, take the first fish that comes up, and then open its mouth 
and you will find a piece of money. And take that piece of money, give it to the, temp, the, the tax collectors for me and for you. Praise the Lord. Really? Here's, Peter probably didn't have these questions, but here's Michael. But what if the fish doesn't show up? Right? What if there's no money in, you, you do realize what all the pieces of the puzzle that God has to put together in order for this to happen. Right. I mean, somebody has to walk by the water and drop a coin accidentally. Yeah. And the fish has got to be there at the right time with its mouth open to take a bite of the coin. And then that fish has got to show up at the right time that Peter puts the hook in the water. Now, I don't know about you, but that sounds a little bit crazy. Yeah. And here, here's the way we would go. But what, what, what happened... What happens if fish doesn't show up at the right time when I drop the hook in the water? What if somebody else catches that first fish? Here's what he says. He says, Peter, I am your king. And you are my son. I'm paraphrasing. Okay? I am your king. You are my son. And I want you to know that I will be your provider Thank you, and I'm giving you an exemption to go fish. Hallelujah. And Peter, this is going to be a lesson. Now, when I tell you to launch out into the deep, you go out deep. And when I tell you to cast on the right side of the boat, then you will cast out on the right side of the boat. Don't let anybody distract you from fishing. You see, Jesus was preparing Peter for his new career. He was preparing him that he'd get his mind on through this little tiny miracle here that anybody can do he was saying Peter I'm going to make you a fisher of men and in order for you to become the fisher of men that I want you to be I want you to understand the only thing that I want you to focus on is fishing for men and I will be your great provider because I am your king and my sons are free from the burdens and the cares of this life in this world because my world is not in this world. Hallelujah. He was trying to get Peter's mind off of material things and into the realm of fishing for the souls of men with the understanding that Peter, when I send you fishing, you know after today that you are not going to have to worry 
about me providing your resource. Well, how would you like it? How would you like that in church, right? Fishers of men, not the burden of material things. Exempt from, well, what about food? You can't just go fishing anytime you want. Peter, you did, right? You just can't go. Watch. Hallelujah. You, you understand? Is there is still the priority and the focus on the king's business is always going to take priority over the material things of this world. His intention is always going to be that he needs fishers of men. Amen. Well, Matthew 6, 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. What things? What was he talking about? What was the question? Well, the question was in verse 31. What shall we eat, drink, and wear? How many of you had that problem this morning? Right? The question was, Jesus said, don't worry about what you're going to wear or what you're going to drink or what you're going to eat. He says, seek first the mm -hmm. kingdom of God Praise and God. I will put yes. the coin in the fish's mouth yes. for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because I'm going to need my sons and my daughters, they're going to need to be exempt from the normal obligations of the rest of the world that does not believe in me because they need to be focused on what I need them to do. And that is to seek me and to seek my kingdom. Hallelujah. Praise he says, I can tell you. He says that your heavenly Father knows you have needed these things. Mm -hmm. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, earth as it is. Give us this day our daily bread. Amen. He says, don't you know you're more valuable than a sparrow? And those Excuse me, those stupid birds. You ever seen a sparrow? They're really, they're, I don't think they're very intelligent, but maybe they are. One thing for sure, they don't have a care in the world where the next worm is coming from. They do not stress. They just fly around and tweet, tweet. Jesus said, don't you know that you are more valuable than a sparrow. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. So, Jesus has promised. He says, seek me, and you won't have to worry about what you're going to wear, what you're going to drink, and what you're going to eat. It sounds so simple, doesn't it? 
It sounds so simple. But so he has freed us from the bondage of sin under the slave taskmaster. He says, I'm your new king. He says, and the new king, he, he has all of the resources in heaven and earth. And if you're going to be my son, you need to have the right mindset that I want for nothing. And I'm going to be the best father provider for my sons and daughters that you can imagine. Hallelujah. I like that kind of a God. Amen. Well, so he's, he promises to take care of us. Okay. Our daily needs. For how long? Well, Deuteronomy 29 and 5, God's speaking. He says, you know, it's no big deal. I led you 40 years in the wilderness, and your shoes nor your clothes wore out. Brother Cliff, would you please put that on? It's no big deal. It's no big deal to take care of 600,000 families, which equals, they say, probably two and a half, three million people. Can I give you an idea of this great God that he wants you and me to believe that we should, we need to be exempt. We need to be focused on what he wants us to do instead of the daily needs. Yeah. Here's what he did for the Old Testament Israel prior to the blood atonement of Calvary. What do you think he will do for you? Hallelujah. Praise God. This is on a daily basis. The God who provides. Moses and the people were in the desert feeding two to three million people. Requires a lot of food. The people needed 2,000 tons. Four million pounds of food each day. But he, but he can't, but he can't take care of money. Oh, to bring that much food each day would require three freight trains a mile long. Come on, folks. Come on. This is the king. Hallelujah. This is our God. This is the one that has, he, not only did he create everything, he's got all of the resources in heaven and earth. And the Bible tells me that he loves each and every one of us so much that he would send a freight train. Thank you. You don't think that he would care for you to get you out on the fishing? You don't think he would take care of you so you could be unburdened and free to worship him Hallelujah. with your mind not cluttered with the things of the world? He says, I want you to understand, I'm going to take care of you. I need you to be a worshiper. I need you to be a fisher of men. He says, if I will do this for Old Testament Israel, who at the time they were rebellious. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. You understand? 
They weren't the nice people at this time, and he still took care of them. Right. That is correct. That is good. That is good. Oh, let's see. In the desert, they needed firewood to cook and to keep warm. Each day, this would take 4,000 tons, 8 million pounds of wood, and a few more freight trains each mile long. <laughs> Every day, but cold. No, you don't really believe that, Brother Ali. Yes, <laughs> you don't believe that, Brother Ali. Come on. That's Old Testament stuff, you know? Oh, excuse me. Um, of course, they needed water. If they only had enough to drink and to wash a few dishes, it would take 11 million gallons each day, a freight train with tank cars, 1,800 miles long. Mighty God, mighty God. Hallelujah. And he's saying, I want you to know that you are my sons. You have been born by spiritual adoption into my family. I am your king. I am your heavenly father. If I will do that for a rebellious three million people, what would I do for you that are seeking my kingdom on this earth? A freight train, 1,800 miles. I don't believe that, nor do you, right? Brother Jay, you don't believe that, do you? Well, I can't count that high. Oh, let's see. And then another thing. Well, they, they had to cross, you know, so on and so forth. But each time they camped, they needed a campground two-thirds the size of the state of Rhode Island, 750 square miles. And they did this for 40 years. Now, tell me, please, what do you think God would do for you who have been washed in the atoning blood of not a sacrificial lamb, but the perfect lamb, the Son of God. What do you think that He would do for you if He was willing to die at Calvary? You think that He would not provide for you so that you could be focused on bringing His glory down here? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Bring that next one up, the funny one. Huh? There you go, Cooper said. He says, I got it, Papa. I'm with you, man. I couldn't resist. I didn't even think that one. You say, well, come on, come on, folks. What do you think?
think that God is asking the church to focus on today? What do you think he's at? What is, your, your mind, minds are all befuddled and muddled and, and mired down and you know, most people were so caught up in the things that, that are going out there. I about spit nails yesterday when I saw on Facebook that in Portland they're burning a flag along with Bibles. I'm ready to go carry a flag and carry the biggest Bible I got. And whatever they do, they do. You can't do that. You can't do that. But yeah, well, that's good, but what about me? Well, let me remind you of 1 Kings 17, Elijah. Elijah was in the midst of a three-year famine. There was no rain for three years. And God said, Elijah, I want you to go down to the brook of Cherith. He said, and there, he says, I'm going to command the raven to bring you bread and flesh every morning and every night. No. Oh, and by the way, the raven was an unclean bird. Hello. He'll send a freight train. He'll send a raven. Oh, and if that wasn't good enough, the brook dries up. He says, Elijah, he says, now I want you to go talk to this widow, Zarephath. He goes down, and you know the story. The widow, she's out picking up sticks, going to make her last meal, her last supper for her and her kids. Elijah says, hey, the Lord said, go make me a cake first. Are you out of your mind? No, make me a cake first. Take care of the king's business. And I'm telling you that that barrel of flour and oil will never run dry until the rain bursts through the sky. Now, I can almost guarantee you that if there was a drought and that you were you were collecting sticks to to, to bake your last meal, and I said, "Hey, you gotta feed them. You gotta make me a birthday cake first. Say, yeah, I don't think so, preacher. You go get your own sticks, and you go find somebody else to bake that cake. Right. You understand what God God is trying? He is trying to impress." upon his people that you need to understand that, that if I call you out of this world but I keep you in the world and I need this, I need this gospel to spread throughout the world don't you think that I'm going to take care of your needs so that you can be my ambassador and be a fisher of men and a worshiper Hallelujah! I'll handle it Trust me. Yes. If I say a bird's going to bring you bread. And so Elijah, was it, how long did it go on? I don't know. 
But can you imagine Elijah waking up in the morning and the, you, whatever he called bird? Hey, bird! Yeah. How about a piece of wheat bread? This one, a little jelly on it? I don't know. I want. I would like a chicken leg tonight. Besides, how you gonna cook it? You understand? So, so crazy, right? You would have to. You would have to be a person of faith to believe this stuff. Hallelujah. You understand, sister? You would have to. You would have to have faith as a child that in order to get a hold of this stuff and actually believe it and then believe that Jesus is coming and you and I are sitting in the, the on the very edge on the very edge of the in time prophecy probably and he's saying church I still got you hallelujah Widow went, she baked him cake, sure enough. Every morning she'd go to the barrel. There was enough flour for the day. You understand? It never says that he is going to be our great provider for any longer than day by day. The manna came down every day. They tried to save it up, but they tried to put it in the bank, and the worms ate it. Why? Because he was wanting you and I to understand. It is day by day. His grace is sufficient for today. Tomorrow, I don't know what's going to come. But I am absolutely, positively assured that he will never fail me. He will never forsake me. He's always going to be there on time with whatever I need because I am a fisher of men and I am a worshiper of the only true God. Hallelujah. He told us, watch and pray. Occupy till he comes. Go back to 1 Chronicles. Chapter number 9. A lot of things going on. There's making sure the dishes are clean. Okay? The pots, the vessels that are used in the house of God. Somebody's got to do the dishes. Somebody's got to bake the bread, the show bread. Somebody's got to make sure all the supplies are ready for the making of the anointing oil. There's a watch at the king's gate. The king's gate for the king. Because only the king comes through the gate. Somebody's doing that. Somebody's washing dishes. Somebody's baking bread. Somebody's mixing the spices for the oil. And he says, but hey, he says, you, you need to understand that your priority in all of this is that you are to lead the people in worship day and night, day and night. You're not to leave the place. You are there for one purpose, and that is to lead, to lead my people in worship because that is what I love about my people. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Says they were employed in that work day and night. Take a vacation. No. 
I'm to worship the king of kings because there's a new kingdom coming. And he told me that he was going to allow me to be a part of the new kingdom. Peter, take a break. Go on vacation. You don't need to fish. How do you know I don't need to fish? There's a, that one fish that could be passing by at the right moment I throw my hook out. By the way, those sons of Korah, oh my goodness, the sons of Korah did not die. You need to read that. You need to study that. They should have taken after their father's image. They should have been consumed in the rebellious sin of their dad. But instead, these sons begin to elevate themselves. And pretty soon, Samuel would come from the sons of Korah. And pretty soon, they became gatekeepers. And pretty soon, they become songwriters. Hallelujah. They were employed day and night writing songs. Hey, hey, dude, I got one. I've got one. What, what, what are they? What are, are they? Listen, aren't you afraid of what's going on outside in the streets? No. I'm just all about doing what I'm supposed to do. Right. I'm, God said he'll take care of things outside. But inside, I'm totally, I'm all in. I am all in. When it comes to worshiping my God, I have to do it from an absolute 100% freedom and unburdened from the world's cares. Hallelujah. Oh, they wrote songs, the sons of Korah. They wrote songs such as Psalm 42.1, as the heart panteth after the water brook so panted my soul after thee oh God you probably thought David wrote that David didn't write it the sons of Korah the ones that were employed to worship why because that was their thing they, they their soul thirsted after God so much that it was their 24 7 calling oh. Psalm 46 they would write God is our refuge and strength yes. and ever present help in times of trouble yes. therefore we will not fear Hey, sons of Korah, how you should be on, you know, you should be on vacation. No, <laughs> not when you read the song that God just gave me. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth be removed, though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. In other words, even if the world just absolutely is dissolving in front of my eyes, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled and the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. They said, but there is a river, the streams that make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. 
Stop writing, get a real job. <laughs> oh no. No. <laughs> you need to understand God takes care of me. God takes care of me. And he takes care of my family. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You see, God gave me an exemption from the normal obligations of the world. He gave me an exemption. He said I was to worship him day and night with zero distractions. Oh, here we go. Acts 6 and 4. Brother Cliff could put that up there. Oh, listen to this. The Greeks file a complaint against the Hebrews because the Greek widows were being neglected when it came to the dis daily distribution of goods. The complaint was filed with the apostles. Their response was this, sorry, we are exempt from waiting on tables. Yeah. Hello? He says, we will give we will give ourselves what? We will give ourselves. Come on. You need to get out here and help. No, 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 no. No, they said, no. You choose seven others out there because we will continually give ourselves 24-7 to the study, to the ministry of the word and to prayer. Hello. In other words, God was saying, no, 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 no. You don't need to mess around with these guys. They are about ready. They are going to, they're going to put in the foundations for a church that is going to grow into two billion people later on and they don't need any distractions they're not worried about the tips they're simply worried that you and I will honor and understand the message is still the apostolic doctrine it's still Acts 2.38 there is nothing that can have, that can even come close to the importance of what we have got to focus on. And here's what happens. And the word of God increased and the number of disciples multiplied greatly. Oh, here we go. Prayer and fasting. Luke 2.36. Listen to this. If this doesn't absolutely get a hold of you and rip your heart out. Anna was a widow of 80. She was 84 years a widow. Which means she was up there. And listen. She served God. Brother uh, Cliff, Luke 2.36, she served God with prayer and fasting. Somebody finish it, please. Night and day. 
day and night. She never left the house of God. Am I reading it right? Disturbed. I see a sign on the door, right? In other words, God wants us to understand. You need to get a hold of this. That when it comes to serving the King of Kings, who is God of the world that He is currently building and not of this world, that He is He needs us to understand that our weapons, our weapons, our weapons, our weapons, they are worship, they are fishing, they are prayer, they are fasting. And it says, no, 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 no. My sign has been written and hung for a long time. Do not disturb me because I'm in the midst of being in the temple praying for the soon coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. You understand she was the first witness. The Lord came to the place where she was. Crazy. Depends on who's your king. Depends on what you're waiting for. Depends on what depends on where. What what you're alive for it depends on what your mission is. It depends on what you what you think is important in life. She says, "If nothing is more important," she says, "I'm going to be here day and night. I'm going to fast. I'm going to pray." And the Lord Jesus Christ, that He was brought into the temple where she was on His eighth day. And the Bible, she became the first witness. The Bible says she went around telling everyone about the redemption of Israel. You're, you are, if you're a son of God, you are exempt. You are exempt from the cares and the burdens and the obligations and the worries about how am I going to pay my bills? You need to focus on what God said. You need to focus on. Thank you, Lord. 84 years. She was a widow. Come on, Grandma. Let's go. Someone. No, 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 no. No, do not disturb. I am exempt from this world, but I am free. I am a free moral daughter, son of God that is looking for the soon coming of my king of kings. And I'm going to pursue him and I'm going to seek him. Come on, am I making sense to you this morning? 
Or am I, am I just preaching to myself? Come on, really, really. Can you, am, I get, am I making sense to you this morning? Is it relevant to the church? Come on, Grandma, you got to go shopping for new clothes, man. Come on, you're too old. You're not looking good, Grandma. See, Anna was exempt from the world. She was totally, she was totally exempt from the world. Luke 10, 38, 42. Martha welcomes Jesus into her house. She has a sister also said at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Martha was distracted with much serving. Lord, do you not care that my sister is not helping me prepare you dinner? Tell her to help me. Martha. Martha. Attention giver. Yeah. You know, mom and dad says your name twice. <laughs> yeah. Cooper Grant. That's his middle name. You are worried and troubled about many things. Yeah. But one thing is needed. Your sister Mary, she has chosen the good part which will never be taken away from her. Well, Lord, but but come on. I'm trying to make you dinner. No, no, no. Mary has an exempt card. Hallelujah. Glory to God. She is exempt from helping you right now, Martha. I don't care how much food you got to make. I don't care how many dishes you're dirty in. I don't care how pretty the place is. Your sister Mary right now is exempt. Do you know why, Martha? Because your sister Mary is sitting at my feet. She is listening to my word. And there's nothing more important to me than Mary's listening to my words. Praise God. Don't preacher. You're too long. You don't, you know, you don't know what you're doing. You don't know what you're saying. I can't help it. All I can tell you is if if you don't listen to me, you better find somebody that you can hear because there is nothing more important than the preacher who preaches under the anointing of the Holy Ghost and the Word of God. It's just the way it is. Jesus said, you will never, 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 you will never take the place of Mary. Because when I'm in the house and my words are coming forth, you need to be undistracted. You leave that phone off. You don't worry about what you're going to eat. You don't worry about what's going to happen tomorrow. You need to focus that. I am in your presence right now, this moment. You may need me a couple weeks in the future. You may want me to return to your house. And it's Mary's 
they're going to lead me to the place of the tomb. preached yourself. you got to listen to the word of God. Amen. Nothing will ever will ever take preeminence over this. His word is magnified above his name. Hallelujah. Acts 1.14 these all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication. Translates, these all with one mind gave their constant attention to continual prayer. Let's take a day off, Peter. Why don't have James and John cover? Because we've been here four days and nothing's happened yet. No, I have an exempt status that tells me that Jesus said, you don't worry about nothing other than going to the upper room in Jerusalem and you wait. You wait until I show up. Hallelujah. One accord, continual prayer, waiting for something to happen that had never happened before. Nothing like this had ever happened before. Their world was in chaos. People run around saying that they seen Jesus come back from the dead. Run around saying that Uncle Bill was walking around and he had been dead. They don't know where he went anymore. And here they were, this one that supposedly come alive again. He showed himself alive for 40 days and then he ascended and he said, go to Jerusalem and wait until something powerful happens because I am going to pour out the promise of the Father. I told you that John told you that you would that he would baptize you with water, but that the one coming after is me. I was going to baptize you with fire and with the Holy Ghost. Five days later, come on, Kelly, nothing's going on. Let's leave this bunch. No, we're exempt. We are God's church, Sister Reyes. He said that I'm to wait. I'm to wait until something powerful happens. And I'm not leaving until that comes to pass. And we know what come to pass. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were still there, Brother Sam. They were still praying. And suddenly, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It filled all the house where they were sitting. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. And the church, the espoused bride of Jesus Christ, was born that day. Because they said, no, we're not leaving. Right, amen. Amen. 
as you stand with us. You're exempt. Brother Craig, you and your family are exempt if you claim citizen rights to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He's saying, don't worry about the things on the outside. I need you to understand that my kingdom is not of this world. I'm building it here, but you are to help me build. And it only comes in those ways. And you're on continual, steadfast dedication to producing the souls that are yet in the womb of the church. And it only comes, it only comes one way. It comes the same way. Say, preacher pretty good thought but yeah, no not a thought you know God has been our provider ever since I gave my heart to him you understand ever since I gave my heart to him he has always look at me look at that we don't want for anything. We're not rich. We don't have a huge income. We don't have a lot of money in the bank in retirement. What do we depend on? I depend on our dedication to the things yes. of God Hallelujah. and the fact that, that He told me that He would be my provider if Amen. I would seek His face. Hallelujah. Praise God. And early on in my life, I served him with everything that I had, and I ran out of food. You've heard the story before. I opened the fridge. There was nothing in my refrigerator. I had given, paid my tithes faithfully. I went to church every service four times a week. I said, God, I don't think this is right. And all of a sudden, knock, 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 knock on my door. And who would be there but the pizza man? Pizza was my favorite food at the time. <laughs> I was like dumbfounded. I said, how did, you, how did you know that? How did you know that this kid that was trying to serve God, they had no family in the church. It was making about three, I think I was up to three bucks or three fifty an hour at the time. I don't know. How did you know that I was out of food? He says, I don't know. Other than God felt God impress upon me that I needed to bring a large pizza and share it with you, brother. You got no idea what that did to me. I was like, whoa, man. I, this is crazy. And then, listen, and then I was, I lived in an old shack, $75 a month shack, all I could afford. Brother Tim remembers across from Tomlinson's, Steve Pressler and Dennis Smith, a whole bunch of us lived over there one time. And all my old buddies, they would come by, they would blow smoke in my face and, and uh, they would say, you're, you're not going to make it. You can't serve God. We'll give you six months and you'll be right back out here with the rest of us. I said, God, I need help. I said, I cannot. I cannot serve you in this environment. I was still living with one of my buddies. And 
you know, smoking and all that stuff. I said, I gotta have help. And I said, all I can afford is $125. That's my maximum. Do you know within a week, within a week, that I had a furnished apartment that, that was one block away from the church and the price was $125 a month and my neighbors were retired missionaries. I said, God, I need a different job because something's going crazy around here. You understand? I never applied for the last two jobs in my life. They came to me and they said, hey, you know, would you be interested? I said, well, I think that God is opening the door. You understand? I said, Brother Walker, you understand? I am absolutely, I am nothing without God. Yes. But with God, He has proven to me that if He can work this out in my life, then He can work in your life, in no matter what your situation is. Why? Because we're all sons of God. He's my King. Glory to God. Yes, He is. Yes, He is. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Wonderful. We want to give you an opportunity just to come to front and pray, pray where you're at. But thank you, Lord. I would only ask you to do this. I would only ask you to do this. Is that pray, pray, say, Lord, Lord, I, I, I need to trust you more. I think that was a big thing in the lesson this morning. I need to trust you more, Lord. I'm so caught up in the things that are going on right now. You know, things on. No, 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 no. No, church, you need to focus on the inside. Focus on the inside. I'll take care of the outside. You focus on the inside. You give me 100%. You give me 100%. When you go fishing, you go fishing. When you go praying, you go praying. You hang that sign. You say, don't disturb me, world. Don't you dare disturb me. Sister Marlene, I love your teaching. I love your prayer. I love your spirit. You understand this? You've got to hang that sign, Brother Block. When, you, when, when it's time to block out for the Word of God, you've got to hang that sign and you've got to say, don't you even think about disturbing me. Hallelujah. Uh, amen. Amen. Praise Jesus. Don't even think about it. When I'm in the house of God, don't you, please, don't don't let me see you anyway. Hey, don't let me see you being distracted. And if I, if you see me being a distraction, you need to thump me on the shoulder. I know I might be a little bit too serious today. I don't know. All I know is that God is needing the church to be the church. Would you come this morning if you'd like to pray? 